So welcome everyone once again to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam and we have a very special episode today. We, we are very lucky to be joined by Hilary Nightingale um, who is from Carbon Copy Social and uh, Hilary and uh, Sally and I will be talking about all things to do with uh, marketing and, and copywriting and writing in general and how writing has changed uh, for in the, the, the internet age and I say that internet age because I, I'm almost thinking if we cast our minds back even 20 years and then bring it right up to date now what have they been the developments that we've seen and how in particular do we write for human beings rather than machines given the the uh, the perspectives of, of how technology is continuing to evolve rapidly how do we keep humans at the center of uh, of our writing and how we're communicating uh, with with other fellow human beings so uh, we'll be getting digging digging deep into that uh, that area uh, but before we do that i'm going to uh, allow Hillary to introduce herself if Hillary could just know who you are, where you come from, a little bit, and uh, and what brought you uh, what brought you to this position today with Carbon Copy Social. Yeah, so um, hello, thank you for having me on. It's nice to see you. Um, I started my marketing business um, back in sort of November-ish time, lockdown two. Um, it was a bit of a tricky year for me, I suppose, as it was for most people. I was made redundant in January before COVID was really a thing. Um, and quickly took a, a, another job for which I was um, working at for five weeks before I got furloughed. And then at the sort of midsummer time, um, my contract wasn't renewed. So I, uh, I needed to find something to do for myself. I was always in marketing. Well, <laughs> I've been in marketing for approaching a decade now. So um, that was the thing I knew what to do. Um, so I just did it for myself. And I was speaking to a friend of mine who runs a yoga and fitness studio and she said oh well perhaps you can help me so there we go client number one um and a friend in that class had a quiet word with me after class one night and said uh are you uh, are you on commission here or something because i've noticed the social media has changed a little bit and i said well yeah i am actually she said great do you want to help me <laughs> client number two um and then it just sort of ballooned from that um I started to you know obviously I thought I should make myself a little website and of course I like to to write so I thought well let's write a little blog what should I write about let's talk about LinkedIn um and your profile and optimizing your profile and of course I would use my own profile as an example in the blog which was dreadfully out of date so I updated it and then it just the floodgates opened and people started messaging me and said oh you're going on your own well done let's have a coffee let's have a talk um and yeah so I kind of accidentally did start this 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 business really all thanks to furlough so um had a actually a very fortuitous year in the end oh that's a fantastic story and it's kind of it's interesting because you do absolutely are writing for human beings you know you actually wrote because human beings came up to you and said can you do this for me so it couldn't have been more human if they tried. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, as I say, I got my first couple of clients before I even <coughs> had a website or updated my my profile. Um, and that was through reputation. Good for you. That's, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, that is what we what you're looking for if you're commissioning, because sometimes in my agency we run, we are looking for commissioned writers, which you're on my list. Um, but you have you have to have two things. One is that you've got to trust the person who can write beautifully, that's part A, but B that they can do sensible research and actually find things out because what you don't want to do is have to feed them everything you might want to say to them oh could you write me a blog about i don't know um museums 
and you don't actually want the you want the writer to go off and actually do some research and thinking and do all the work because that's that's the tricky bit to be honest the writing is isn't easy but it's the research behind the writing that's the tricky bit mm. well if we're if we're talking about a web page or a, a blog the easiest thing for me to do is to, is to say you know ask the ask the client why do you want to write about this you know why does your reader need to know about this um yeah. so quite easily from that if in the, if it's in a in an email they will be able to put down a few sentences which then sparks the whole point um and yeah. from that i can you know take things i'm using my hands a lot here i can i can take things from all over the place whether that will be then a further phone call or maybe getting in touch with one of their clients or regular users and then it just starts to build um that way but i do like I do like it when a client puts down the bones and um, I can flesh it out as we, as I say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But those bones are sometimes quite difficult to find. I and mean, I've got, I've, yeah. I've have a, I've clients that it's when you're on the kind of um, technical end of things, because I've had clients that do, um, who run computer companies and then you cut finding those bones can be quite hard because unless you understand the technology, it's difficult. So I was admire copywriters because some of the tech, some of the bones you have to dig out are blooming tricky to find. Uh, absolutely. I, I have a, an IT um, solutions client as well, actually. And um, they will say, yeah, can, uh, you know, Windows 11, let's write a blog about Windows 11. And then they go quiet. thank you Um, but in some respect that's really useful to readers who are like me who don't really know and don't understand and don't want to understand the in-depth techie background to it all they want to know how it's going to affect them so it it's almost doing it like I'm an intermediary um translating the techie stuff um let me let me put it like this. So um, you're it's, it's your first time in a new job. It's a very technical job. And you're introduced to the team by by a board meeting, and in you go. And you don't really know anybody. You're still trying to figure out who Bob is and why Sandra is over there. Um, but they're all using their um, interspeak, and they're talking the reports and numbers, and you know about past projects. And you, okay, you're just trying to take it all in. So you leave. You go make a cup of tea, and somebody comes up to you and says. Um, Hiya, uh, you looked like you didn't quite get all of that. And you're like, well, of course not. You know, it's, it's too technical for me at this stage. It's day one. And they will say, let me explain. And then you'll understand. And it's at that point that, that it be, that's the conversation. That's the conversational explanation of the tech stuff that happened in the boardroom. Yep, that's the a perfect bit. analogy. Thank you. That's lovely. <laughs> I mean, I've got a I've got a coffee cup from the old agency days that says um, uh, science may never come up with a better communication system than the um, the, the coffee cup or the coffee. <laughs> cup. And it's, it's true, you know. If you are um, reading a, a web page and it feels comfortable, then you know you 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 feel like you're in the right place. Um, so if you're writing your own website page and you are very technical and you don't use contractions and things like that um, then you read it aloud it's going to sound really odd it's like when you do a 60 seconds in a networking meeting you you can always tell the person who's reading it by script that's quite often me to be honest because (laughs) (laughs) I get it all you know get all the things in the right place at the right time 
Um, but then when somebody is just explaining it afterwards, then you understand it and you feel it, you, you connect with it. Great. So. That is a really interesting thing to say, because I'm a big believer in writing something and then reading it out loud. And I do often write things and read it out loud. And then you suddenly think, good grief, that sounds awful. And it is that it's the sound. That's what matters. It's that kind of it sounds awful because in your head you think, oh, these are very sensible words. I'm writing them very sensibly. But actually, it's how it flows that matters. And people get can get that very wrong. Yeah. And it's it interesting because there is somewhere in between, because if you were to. Uh, obviously, we're recording today's conversation. We're having a lovely conversation. But if we transcribed it and put it straight into a blog, it it wouldn't be right. It it, it wouldn't be right. So there is somewhere in between um, to do. You know that that makes people feel. I think it's about the the feeling. Um, to be to be honest, um, it, and it's difficult for somebody who is very very um, passionate about their business to actually not talk too much about why their business is great or why their product or their services uh, are so great because they've been living it for so long uh, you know they've developed it they've they've birthed it almost so it's <laughs> really really difficult for them to detach that um, technical and in-depth side of themselves to to lighten up and, uh, and have that they, need, they need someone in between like you to be that step aside from their passion their passion is vital and you need to communicate that passion yeah. but you're right you, are you in between that can make it much more much more suitable and appropriate for the audience i'm writing down the word intermediary because i'm going to use that in my next 60 seconds i think <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think this is great, actually, because this is uh, this is fascinating. Because I, I, I was going to kick off with a, a, a question about why, what do we mean by writing for humans and not machines? But this 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 initial um, elevates the conversation. Have completely started to 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 answer this. I think, and I, I'm fascinated by the, as you say, Harry, what, what you said about things feeling comfortable about reading a website and having a website experience, user experience that feels comfortable, or or a blog, or or anything else. There's the, there's the elements of translating, as you say, something highly complex. I mean, I, I work mainly with education clients, and quite often there's, I say complex, they can certainly be filled with academic terminology, should we say, certain certain courses and things like that. And obviously, as you say, people are very sort of, well, this is this is everything everyone needs to know, and let, let's put it all in there. We, we, we're, we're the experts, and people will appreciate the detail. And you say, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. One way of looking at it is, as you say, making it feel comfortable. But I suppose it's also, if we're saying writing for humans, uh, rather than a textbook, it, particularly if it's a website or social media, it's that it's it's the it's the stages of relationship as well, isn't it? The stages of a conversation. So it's almost the social niceties of hello, this is who I am. These are the the body language uh, uh, indicators almost that show that I'm approachable. But you have to do it on the website, and then it's the next part elements of making it very clear, I suppose, about where this conversation is, what it's about, and then how you can take it forward to a certain degree. I mean, I'm, I'm quite interested in, in, in how that relates, because I suppose it's the writing and design coming hand in hand. I know I'm just talking about websites here in particular, but I'm just thinking that it's almost those two elements, do you think, that uh, sort of have an interplay? Definitely. Um, it, there is, you know, conversations are, you know, we cannot live, we cannot go anywhere without having a, had a conversation, whether that's the first date, or whether it's that question you type into to Google or, or Bing, you know, whichever it is. Um, it, it's, a, it's starting that conversation, it's, and it's normally based around questioning as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference between 
um, design or content led if you're talking about websites I think it depends on your your business and what your what your offering is um, you know if you are a, a technical based company then perhaps it's content led um, if you are to use your analogies uh, Italian leather handbag uh, shop then obviously that would be design led uh, I believe <clears throat> but there is always conversation to be had way 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 back before digital marketing and um, we had television we had print we had radio um, it was a broadcast um, marketing and you put your message out there and you waited to see if anybody reacted to it you wouldn't necessarily know if they came to your shop because they'd seen it on the tv nowadays even with websites being able to leave comments on blogs and things is less broadcast and more interactive mm -hmm. so, and it's I don't I don't know if everybody understands the difference between broadcast and um, this conversational or interactive marketing now because there's there is a lot of pressure on people like me that that produce content for other businesses to continue this broadcasting sort of um, aspect to it um, but it, also choosing where your business is where it appears is um kind of losing my thread a little bit because it's so huge you know it social media is always on are you always on yeah. conversation um so you know pick and choose which social media you want do you want to turn the comments off on your blog yeah i mean i think this is actually really really interesting because it's it's one of the places where um our writing abilities or whatever start bumping into seo because google has that conversational bias which we're all you know we're not broadcasting we're making a community and having a conversation with our customers but seo google has, does some very strange annoying al algorithmic things and it's just changed its algorithm so it doesn't like questions you setting a question you can't say do you think that pandas are breeding enough question mark they don't like that as headers anymore you've got to have it as a statement now saying um it would appear that pandas aren't breeding enough and then go on so they've they've changed their algorithms very slightly so that we can't make it all questionable you've got to have a discussion it's to, i think it's to encourage the work that the copy we write to be more discursive um but you have to kind of watch what google are doing to make sure you know what how seo is starting how we're having to kind of dance with and around the seo activity that's going on behind us invisibly behind the scenes that are kind of pushing us up and down and that's that can be tricky because you, you then have to think i'm gonna have to change my website i'm it gonna have to change that blah 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 it, it almost feels as if because right, right in the early days we used to have a like a boolean style a boolean search where you would put in specific keywords and expect some results to come back which you'd spend ages trawling through and then you you were writing in in full questions almost ask jeeves for example would be like yes absolutely because <laughs> um, that's an old reference um, and now it's like they've kicked it backwards a little bit um as you say to to more statemented so lots and lots of people and i think it's still a really really good best practice you know to answer questions um, in blogs, especially if you can't on your on your web pages, I think it's really valuable, and I don't think that should be forgotten because everybody comes with a question. Conversations 
are based around questions. Go back to that first date again. You know, so yeah. what do you do that first meeting at a networking? It's all question based. So I think um, information that you're providing people should all should always have an answer uh, contained within it. Yeah. Um, but the the sparking the um, the, the sparking the discussion. Um, is fantastic tactic, I suppose, for somewhere like LinkedIn, um, even you know Facebook, especially if you have member groups yeah. that that you manage. You know th that's where the these discussions can really, really help. And of course, all of those things when your social media URLs appear within your website, it all feeds in to give clues to Google's algorithm writers that. Uh, <laughs> You can have a discussion. You are answering questions. Yeah. You have got the technical knowledge <clears throat> um, behind it as well. So, yeah, because yeah, yeah. now I mean, we, used to be you can't keyword stuff. So that was always very interesting. And so now you're thinking, oh, God, I can't actually have found all these keywords and I'm not allowed to use any of them. <laughs> what am I going to do now? So that's all a bit, that can be awkward. So I, I think one of the most important things is to, um, you're right, you are writing for an audience. You've got to think about the audience. What are they looking for? Just as any kind of marketing, you've got to put the customer first and think what, what kind of approach they want and write for them. So talk, tell them a story that you think they are going to be interesting. Understand what shape they are, where they are, how much time they've got. Can they read a 500 word blog or a 150 word little snippet? Is that where they're going? And I think you're right. You need to make sure that you've constantly got your audience in your mind and what questions they're going to be asking. Yeah. And it's interesting when you said about can they can they read a 500 word blog? Everybody can read 500 words. Um, but I think the recent um, statistics are, is that the average reading age in the UK is somewhere around 11 or 12 years of age. But if you're a, um, a structural engineer, for example, you're not writing for your average, you know, 15, 16 year old, unless you are trying to attract apprentices or, you know, trying to attract a new audience for the future. Um, so <clears throat> you have to, it's understanding your audience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Everybody can read word blog but do they all really they can but whether they've got time to or yeah. even the wish to you know if you don't interest them in the first few few sentences you may as well forget it because they haven't got time and they will move on because it's not as if there's not a lot of choice out there yeah it's like, it's like three seconds i think or something isn't it I think that's right. less than goldfish isn't it i think is this like that they're 3.6 and we're three or something like that <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's it's terrifying isn't it but but that's the thing isn't it as well that i mean what has what continues to change day in day out is this is terrifying statistics of more and more and more content isn't it just everywhere and the fact that everyone jumps on the bandwagon of yeah we need to write i need to write a blog i need to write loads of social posts i need to do this i need to do that it it, it expands, expands. So I suppose this specificity, as it were, oh, it's a big word this time of day, um, uh, of, of what we are doing for our audience and what we what we want them to do. Because I think it's the two things, isn't it? I mean, I, I noted down a sort of a question about, I imagine almost this spider diagram of, of, of you know, of your content being, you know, it's, it's engaging, um, it, it's persuasive, it's, it's, it's speaking to a, a need of your audience. It's all those things. 
but you can perhaps get caught in the spider diagram web almost of thinking well so i i, I need to this is my intro on my website all, all this social post and it's trying to do everything it's trying it's trying to be really engaging it's trying to get a very strong call to action it's trying to explain something to people and it's also trying to get them to to share it and talk about it and you're trying to do too much perhaps in one one, one area and that's i suppose where the planning and the actual the understanding again of like the relationship, the conversation, the the um, well, so yeah, the relationships. You said taking your sort of first date example, the sort of you're not going to be packing everything in and sort of getting a marriage proposal and working out the mortgage details for your first house on the first date. Perhaps it's going to be something where you're going to string it out over a long period of time. So there are there are actually you know it's not one touch point where it has to do everything, mm. and perhaps people potentially as well i suppose maybe when they are starting a business for themselves or or starting a new marketing strategy they're thinking right so we we're doing all this good stuff it's all good things that we're doing with this copy and 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 the user experience but we're trying to do it all in one go perhaps and maybe that's a, a bit of a a problem a, a problem that people fall into um and they're trying to make copy too much do you do you agree with that or do you think it's um some of these people don't spread out enough well, so um, did, did you use the phrase touch points there? I think it, it depends on where you are discovered. So if you're on social media, okay, so your um, potential customer comes across you on social media and that's light and conversational. Um, it's difficult to expect somewhere like Facebook to um, entice somebody to spend a good deal of money um, straight away. But it is somewhere where that your customers obviously hang out um, and they have lots of conversations um, and they will, and we all do this, they will social stalk you and they will have a look at the reviews and have a look at your photographs and have a look at previous posts and see if there's any conversations that, you know, in, in threads of posts and things like that. Um, absolutely fantastic um, for building that trust. Mm. And maybe they will follow the link over to your website. Um, that cannot continue in a lighthearted conversational um, sort of way for two reasons. One, because um, let's say it's a, a sales page, a main landing page for a product. Um, one, because it's not interactive and you can't respond to their thoughts and they can't comment necessarily on there. And two, because that page needs to serve the purpose of converting the lead that the social media has provided. So you've moved the conversation on from, um, hi, Sally, you know, your, your hair looks nice today, your lovely glasses, where did you get those from? You know, it's really nice to meet you. And we've had this lovely conversation to, um, do you know what, Sally, I think I'd like to go out for dinner. Let's let's go out for dinner. And then you're, you're moving on to the website here. And then yeah. the, the, the website is going to convert. <clears throat> Um, a search engine uh, and it is the first time that somebody's actually found a need they need a leather handbag for the wedding that they're they're coming up to um, and they use google to find you they already have that purpose they already have their need mm -hmm. to buy so that you don't necessarily need that warming up or those you know those soft touch points of the social media however they'll look at your product and they'll go okay it's got the right number of pouches for me the the strap is adjustable it, all of those things that we find so important in handbags um ha but what are they actually like what what you know what's going on so they'll click on your social media then and they'll bounce out mm. and they'll build the trust so it's the, you know it's relationship building it's trust building and these are the things that take conversations from light and fluffy to um beneficial yeah. for both parties uh, you i'll buy my handbag you make the sale 
I think it's really interesting. I think it's becoming, once upon a time when we used to go into shops to buy things, we had a much less profound knowledge of the supplier, of the, the, the producer of this handbag. I would have had no idea really that Sam and Sally had anything to do with it, except it would just be the handbag. And my, my relationship was with the product. But increasingly, my relationship is now with the company. So is the company, I, want, I only want to buy things from the company, um, from companies which are sustainable and have good um, workforce relationships and all that kind of thing. So, it, I mean, so your ability to write copy is really important because you have to recognise that you are actually wooing your potential customer all the way through much, much further down the sales funnel than you used to have to. Yeah. It's really, does it look nice? Has it got enough pockets? That'll do. Well, how lovely would it be to to get your leather handbag home and find a little little card inside the pouch that says you know thank you for for buying this um let me tell you a little bit about the story yeah I've I've, I've seen it on the back of menus years ago in in Italian restaurants you know and there's a little story about the family and the the, the special on the on the menu you know has come from Sicily and you know, and you, you you love it and you think it makes you want to go back there yeah and tell people and that's the other thing it makes you want to tell people about your experience um and again it's that it's that touchy feely it's that feeling it's that experience uh, it's how you feel when you're with that person or in that shop that makes you turn around and say oh you have to go into this um shop because they're so welcoming and you will never believe the story behind it and if you know some people don't care some people just want to go on find a cheap handbag serves a purpose um but there are a lot of people that you know did your ethics i suppose mm, yeah we will engage somebody and yeah like, sorry sam carol that's right i was just going to say well, i was just going to back up the point saying you know something that's novel and different and again harking back to conversations where we talk about what we try to make something viral and, and, and social and, and go out there but it, it's something worthwhile talking about again if you go back to the whole when you're chatting to a friend and making small talk or something and you're saying oh yeah i saw this really interesting um i don't know there was a i saw a car the other day that had i don't know i mean i wouldn't be probably be talking about cars perhaps i'm talking about you know, the, the, these days, things for my, my children and, and clothes and things, whatever it might be, and saying, well, this this there's something rem remarkable, something that I want to remark about that was novel, was different, was was quirky. It's, it's, it's finding that difference, I suppose, harks back to us talking about brand as well. And very much the brand is, is the story, though, isn't it? If you say of the restaurant, this this is the element that is interesting and, and, and different to talk about rather than something that is just, yeah, it's a very, yeah, very good meal. Very good meal. Very nice. And um, you will see it come through in broadcasting and advertising as well, in fact. Um, and I, I can't remember, I'm going to say BP, possibly, but there are um, stories within those adverts of the chap who used to build birdhouses with his father or his grandfather or something. And now he's a, an engineer and, and here he is helping BP turn yeah. into electric um, charging stations. Uh, <laughs> who on earth would have thought that you'd go oh yeah BP the guy who, who builds bed houses <laughs> yeah and that's what we're looking for actually we're increasingly changing the, what, what we're expecting to come in from this copy we want now to be told stories about bits and pieces that's what we, we, we we've probably always wanted to be told stories because you know from kids we've always done story things but now I think the content writing has become much more important than it used to be it used to be can you do a good strap line or that will do that's all you need to think about strap line buff finished and now it's not it's the story underneath that strap line which is why they need people like hillary to actually 
produce that coherent story and make it consistent because you often see pieces of copy particularly on websites and you can see that Mabel wrote that bit Mark wrote that bit um the, the MD wrote that bit because they're all completely different they've got and different genders as well those people no doubt yeah exactly and so having I think one of the most valuable things do you find um Hillary that you become that you would like to become the voice of the comp of the brand I do a little bit <laughs> good no I think you should I do a little bit um interesting story this just this week actually I won't um state any names but um I have reworked shall we say uh, the home page of a, a website quite a big deal in Oxfordshire um and I've been working with this client for a little while writing for them and they said you know you get me Hillary and I'm not sure that um my website really sounds like me my blogs sound a lot like me but I'm not sure that the website really sounds like me and there's a disconnect there. So would you mind taking a look at the homepage on my website, um, which is, I'd say reams and reams, but that's the wrong media, you know, scrolls and scrolls long um, on there. So I said, well, immediately let's, let's cut out a lot of this copy. It's, it's repetitive. There's lots of um, bullet points. Are you ready? You know, can you afford not to? These kind of things. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't this person's voice. This isn't how they interact um, with their clients in any way so um, I, I rewrote it as significantly shorter and in fact he said you know that although it was written by me it sounds like them mm. and they, they've said um, okay let's move on to the next page <laughs> which is very kind very touching um, but it is almost as though I, I want to and this sounds awfully big-headed educate that person and other people in actually being yourself and it, it goes back to that thing you know if they had read that well clearly they did read that homepage and go well that doesn't sound like me I sound really weird when I'm reading this out and I I feel like I'm being a bit a bit pushy um you know and then it, I want to educate those people that it's okay to use contractions it's okay to use the word things on your homepage because that's how people speak you don't have to use the word task because that sounds stiff yeah. it's a job it's a thing to do yeah and let's you know let's make people feel closer to you by using your common language or generally common language to make it sound like you i heard um a really interesting thing this week that um in a, uh, they use uh, mri scanners to <laughs> watch the uh, I forget which lobe or amygdala or whichever part of the brain it is it, it actually sparks in the same way it responds in the same way to a pushy sales technique as it does to clear and present danger such as uh, viewing a, a giant spider on the screen uh, your brain responds with that frightened <laughs> <laughs> response uh, in the same way from a spider or a snake or something to being pressured by a salesperson how interesting wow, because it's a threat gosh yeah. that's Ooh. fascinating uh, i'm going to use that uh, thank you that's that's a great yeah, one that's <laughs> really... by all means google it just to make sure <laughs> no, i think that's extraordinary that is extraordinary. And i think that threat is important because we've got um what you're doing when you're writing copy is you're putting your yourself and your business and your brand in, a, in an unbelievably packed marketplace. I mean, it's just 
enormous. I, I was doing a talk yesterday um, and I had I just found these facts which made me think this is what our copywriting and our content has to compete with. OK, there are 293,000 posts appear on Facebook every 60 seconds. OK, now, admittedly, they're not all going to be in English, but all the same, even if you just take a third of them, that's one hell of a lot of posts every 60 seconds. There's more that gets scarier. Two million posts are put on LinkedIn every day. So that's what you're having to, that's where your post is going to sit. Um, 95 million photos and posts are shared on Instagram every day. So that's why you're copywriting. You need people like Hillary to make your copywriting really good because you're in a very crowded market and you have got to stand, stand out effectively. You don't only get one chance. The, the, the interesting you, you you can't possibly attract all of those people no. to your post amongst all of that noise no. it's, it's literally no that's the wrong word it is potentially a drop in the ocean yeah. um, so what you really need to be able to do is is you can't reach all of those people you want them to come to you um that's the point is that with your writing and with your content that you're sharing out there it's building that um in linkedin it's your network in facebook it's your community in instagram it's your community um or tribe or or, or whatever and people will, will hook onto that and they will come to you rather than you trying to reach all of those people all the time you need to be selective and and be realistic and maybe it is going back to the buyer personas as well and defining who those people who, who you want in your network you don't want all of those people to come to you my goodness can you imagine <laughs> you had to deal with 95 million people <laughs> yep. perfect well we very much hope you enjoyed part one of our discussion of writing for human beings with Hillary and uh, we've got some fascinating insights in part two it's really been a fantastic uh, discussion with her and, and really enjoyable uh, in part two we've got uh, we're looking at uh, the similarities between good networking and good marketing uh, the similarities in being human in both uh, both areas uh, looking at keywords which keywords to include and how you can be sensible and considerate and helpful to your readers uh, while also being sensitive and helpful for algorithms and search engines and then accessibility the the big area which we wanted to look at in terms of uh, what standards should you be following and uh, how actually if you're following good accessibility practice can that enable you to create better web pages uh, and user experiences so please do join us for part two if you enjoyed this then share with your friends and uh, talk about it on LinkedIn if you wish and uh, you never know Hillary and myself and Sally may may very well join in the conversation with you hopefully and uh, take it from there so thanks very much everyone take care see you next time